have you ever felt like all that you were doing was just enough to survive? Do you have a calling on your life that God wants to use you, but feel like after some time, those opportunities will never happen and you just settle into being a faithful Christian? Does it feel like the calling has died? Well, in episode 42, I'm going to share with you about the Shunammite woman and Elisha and how God doesn't want you to settle for good, but to seek and hold on to what is his best for your life on the 318 Project. This is the 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, and welcome to the 318 Project. I'm Ryan Hare. So, as I was saying, does it feel like you've had something in your life that God's called you to do, and over time, it just feels like it has died or not gone the way you've wanted it to? Well, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37, we see the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman. Now, the story goes, starting in verse 8, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in and eat food there. And she said to her husband one day, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small room for him on the wall and let us put a bed in there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And so it was whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and laid down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, he stood before him and he said to him, say to her now, look, What have you been concerned for us with all this care? What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, Call her, and when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. But she said, No, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elijah had told her. So here we're looking at this, and we see that this woman... And in another version, it actually says a woman of wealth. So her husband was a wealthy man. So she had the provision to be able to do this. And this was something that she really felt led to do after him coming through town on a regular basis that she wanted to provide food for him and even a place to stay. And in his gratitude, Elisha then says, what can we do for her? What can we give in return to show gratitude. And in this time, he asks her, and she says, all is well, I'm good. But then he says to his servant, Gehazi, 
what is there that she needs that we don't see? And he says, you know, he goes back and replies, she has no children. She has no son to pass on, to carry on the family name. And he prophesies over her. And that's kind of how we look at life. God gives us a promise and God can answer a prayer that we don't understand. And I love this part when he said, when she even makes this response, all is good. I'm, I'm well. How many times has someone asked you, how are things? How are you doing? And you simply say, I'm good. Even when you know you are dealing with something, but you don't want to share it. Has anyone ever asked you about a need and they were willing and able to help provide for that need, but you did not want to share or say what you really needed? Now, as we go into the next part of that story with the Shunammite woman, it says that after time, the child grew. Now, it happened one day that he went out with his father and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And her husband said, why are you going to him? It is neither the new moon nor a Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now, we're going to look back on this because, again, we see this. God has given her a promise. Elisha has given her this promise that she was going to have a child. And it comes to pass. Just like in our lives, so many times God has given us something that's come to pass. You know, he's blessed you with a financial blessing, the marriage that you were praying about, that career, whatever it may be, even a ministry calling. And God has opened those doors and he's blessed you. But here we see that blessing has died in the form of her son that she didn't even ask for, but God provided through this. So she goes to her husband and again, she says it is well. Now she has this feeling again that God's going to provide, but she again is not really revealing her true emotions and her true feelings. And that's sometimes what we can do. That's what I do. Uh, you may do of we don't want to share our true feelings of what we're dealing with or what we're going through. Uh, we may have that confidence that God is going to provide and make that provision. But also there's times of that pride itself of we don't want to reveal to people the struggles that we're facing. Now, it says that you know she took the donkey and I was looking it up now from Mount Carmel to Shunem is roughly a 20 to 30 mile travel. Now on foot, it would take quite a while to get there, several hours. And of course, you're going there and then back. But here we see that she told her servant, she saddled the donkey and said, drive, go forward, don't slacken the pace. So I looked it up and the average speed of a donkey can be about 15 miles an hour. So it's not quick, but it is 
more than walking. So if you're figuring this, it was going to take a couple of hours to get from Shunem to Mount Carmel, where Elisha was, and then the return trip. And as we read, it was around noontime that the child died. So this was going to be that they would be getting back towards the evening, towards sunset and the end of the day. So we see this. And again, what has God placed in your life as a as a calling, as a purpose that you've held on to for such a long time? You know, God has answered that prayer and even met that need that you did not even mention. So many times, you know, God provides and we're like, I wasn't even praying about that. But yet here God has provided for this need or this healing. Even uh, I've heard stories of people saying they were praying about one thing and then all of a sudden God healed them of another medical issue that to them it wasn't significant. But over time, it was something significant that was a blessing that helped them in healing. Now, as we see down the road, as time passes, say a dream or that promise you may feel like you've had is dying or is dead, but that God can resurrect that promise that he gave you. Maybe it's in the form of a prodigal child coming back, uh, that job, a promotion that you thought you were fixing to get fired over, but then God promoted you or blessed you with something better. Those financial needs facing bankruptcy and yet All of a sudden, God provides that home that you prayed about and that God, you felt God gave you and you are fixing to lose it due to a foreclosure. But yet in the end, God makes this provision. Maybe it's overcoming an addiction that you felt God really was going to move in your life, but it took time. And you were almost at that point of giving up and say, why am I trying? Let me just give in to this and and be done with it. What about restoring a marriage? Maybe you've even gone through a divorce, but yet you're still holding on to that promise that that spouse was the one that God gave you. And you're holding to that hope of restoration that God can provide. But also at the same time, maybe you've given up on that and feel like it's completely dead. And you're at that point of, do I move on or do I try to restore it? Now, to have a resurrection in your life, you have to die. And it's usually to yourself. This is represented mostly when we see someone getting baptized and that it represents the killing of the old man of the flesh and the resurrection of a new man in Christ. So what dream or purpose has God given you that needs to be resurrected? Because we look back at the end of those verses further on, and it talks about how, again, she goes to Elisha. And Elisha then sends his servant Gehazi out to her. And when he meets up with her, he says, is all well? Is your husband well? Is your son well? How's that? And again, she says, all is well. But she continues on to Elisha. This is the man of God that she has to get to. And once she gets to him, she tells him and even questions, I told you this. And it says in verse 27, it says, now when she came to the man of God at the hill that she caught him by the feet, but the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Again, so many times once we get to that place of despair and desperation that we're going to cling on to what God has promised us. 
And she says in verse 28, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I say, do not deceive me? And then we see Elisha then tells Gehazi to run ahead and place the staff that he had on the child. But we see that the child was not resurrected. Later on in other in the later verses, then we see how Elisha, once he has gone with her, he lays on the child, breathes on him. And after a couple times, then the child comes back to life. And that's the beauty of God's promises. And, and we see that part of being resurrected when a dream or calling that you feel like you've had has died, but yet God resurrects it and brings it to pass and brings it to fruition of what he has planned for you. Think about this. There was a time that the children of Israel were called to the promised land, but they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And many felt that the promise had died just as many of them died in the wilderness as well. Even once into the promised land, they still had to fulfill that promise and God provided their every need. They still had to perform in those battles to overcoming Satan. In Genesis, Joseph, this is, I think, one of the key parts of of having a dream and, and feeling like it's about to die and, and lose all hope. Joseph had his dreams. He told them to his dad and brothers, and he felt like they were dead when his brothers sold him into slavery. And then later on, when he was kind of restored and working in Potiphar's home, he is then accused of things and thrown in prison. And at this point, he's probably feeling like that dreams and callings that God had were fading away. But then later we see that there was a time that he helped translate the dreams of the butler and the baker of Pharaoh, explaining to them that they would be one would be restored and one's life would be taken. But he tells the butler at that point of once you are restored back to position in Pharaoh's court, remember me. And isn't that how it is sometimes in our lives that we then try to fix a situation ourselves, just as Joseph was trying to fix this and getting out of the prison. He knew there was a calling, but he was wanting to try and find a way to fix it himself. How about Abraham and Sarah? They were given a promise of a child, and that promise would not be fulfilled for over 20 to 25 years. And after waiting all these years, they got to the point of having a child that Sarah then told Abraham, why don't you take my maidservant, Haggai, and have a child through her? But that was not God's plan. That was not God's best. His best was going to be in what God had planned for them in Isaac. Now, one of the things that I had come across was in John Bevere's book, Good or God, he talks about what may be good and has been created by God isn't always God's best for us. And he shares in this how when God created the Garden of Eden, he told Adam and Eve that they should eat from every tree except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, God had created it and it was a good thing. But it wasn't the best that God had for them. And, of course, we see that Satan tempted them 
and they fell in the Garden of Eden. But again, that was not God's best plan. And this was something that I explained back in episode 15 of the podcast, and it was titled, In Times of Testing, Winners Never Quit. And I shared how I felt like God was calling me to ministry, and I thought that the way to do that was to get ordained. And this was through the denomination that we were a part of at the time. Now, after that process, I shared that when I walked away from that meeting, that I felt defeated because I knew that wasn't the direction that God had for me and my family. And it took some time, but over time, I learned that this was what I thought I needed to do, which it was a good thing, you know, being ordained. But it wasn't God's best for me and the calling he has for me. And even here lately, it seems like there's been times that I've tried to do some things in my own power, whether it's a position, uh, being put in a position of if whether it's authority or just being used even as in a ministry or a calling and so many times, then once you you go through these things and it, those doors don't open, you get frustrated and you it feels like it's time after time after time that these doors are being shut, that that frustration builds, that you get to the point of why try and just settle. And isn't that how so many in the church end up being and doing is just settling? They're like, yes, I'm in church. I'm paying my tithes. I'm being faithful. I'm participating in some of these things. But yet you know that God has a purpose and a plan. Maybe it's not so much being a pastor or a missionary, but maybe it's being like an evangelist or a teacher, leading a connect group, something that God has called you to do. Maybe he's blessed you with a talent, but you're afraid of using that talent of singing, music, an instrument. Uh, working in the sound booth, whatever it may be. Every person has that calling, different callings in their lives that God can use them. And when you looked back into that story, we see that Elisha even said to the woman, should I talk to the king or to the commander of the army? And she says, no, there's no need. I don't need anything. But we see later on in 2 Kings chapter 8, how there was a time that Elisha had told the woman and her family, the same Shunammite woman, that there was fixing to be a famine in the land and to rise up and go to the land of the Philistines. So she departed and they had left for seven years during that time of the famine. And then they returned. But we read in verse four of that, it says, then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was a woman whose son had restored to life. She came appealing to the king for her home and her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord, O king, this is the woman. This is her son whom Elisha restored. And the king asked the woman and she said to him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her saying, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Now, again, isn't this the beauty of God? How, like I said, we feel like things are just at that point of giving up. That dream is lost and done. But yet God has restored. 
we see that God resurrected this boy back to life. But God still had a purpose and a plan for her later on, not just protecting them from the famine, but afterwards bringing restoration of restoring what was theirs. Think about that. So many times you may have been accused of something or things just didn't go that way and it just fell apart. Like I said, that marriage that's fallen apart and you've done everything you can to bring that restoration and resurrection back. But say that spouse has chosen not to fix it. God can restore in your life greater things. That's what I love about this, because, again, so many times we feel like we want to give up. We want to just let those things die in our life. Like I said, you still may be at that point of I'm doing good. I'm holding on. I'm attending church. I'm reading the word of God. I'm praying. I'm being a good husband to my wife, a good father to my kids. I'm working. I'm, you know, I'm just being faithful. But at the same time, it feels like all I'm doing is surviving. And that's not what God has for us. God wants us to thrive. And it goes back to Ephesians 3.20, which I love. That feels like it's been one of my life verses here lately of now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So many times, like going back to this Shunammite woman, she didn't say what she wanted, but she had thought it. Here she was. She's living this life. She's doing she's being that faithful wife to her husband. And there's a couple times, like I said, she asked him, can we do this? And she felt like this was a way of getting some blessings, just feeling good about herself. And that's what you may do. You may be doing these things saying, at least I feel good about what I'm doing of I'm coming to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm paying my tithes. But deep down, there's a void that you feel is missing in your life, just as she had of that missing piece of having a child. And God has that calling on your life and he's trying to reveal it to you, but he knows that deep thought and he can provide for that, those things that we don't even reveal, but we think and we hold on to deep inside of us that he will make that provision. Like I said, whether it's in a career a calling, calling of ministry that you know you have, but you're afraid to take those steps. God will provide and make a, a way and open those doors. Whatever it may be, do not give up that dream. Hold on to it. That's what I want to encourage you about today in this episode is to hold on to what dreams you have. But again, at the same time, make sure it's not just a good dream or desire to be secure in your finances of, I don't have to worry about stressing every payday, but to know that you want to thrive, that God wants you to thrive in your life, going above and beyond abundantly what he can provide for you, not just in your finances or having a nice home or a nice car or not worrying about having just enough money in the bank that if something happens, you don't have to panic. It's not so much that, but it's being able to know that you are thriving in your relationship with God and in Christ as you draw closer, that you're fulfilling that calling and knowing that God's best is in your life. So I hope this has been a blessing. I hope this has really helped you to encourage you. Like I said, this is a thing that has been in my life and it feels like I'm struggle at times of God, what is the direction you have for me to go or to do? 
And then when I, you feel like you don't get that answer as quickly as you hope, that you almost feel like giving up or that that dream or calling has died. But I want to encourage you, don't let that happen. Hold on to those dreams. Hold on to those promises that God has given you, whether it's a restored marriage, a wayward child that you believe is coming home, or they're, they're struggling with an addiction that you, you hold on to them. They are still that child. You hold on in faith to that dream, to that calling, that purpose and plan that God has for you and that he will give you the strength through that. So I hope this has been a blessing. Again, I just pray that God gives you the strength, gives you the boldness, gives you the encouragement. And as always, guys, just remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men so that they can be encouraged, whether they're going through a struggle or that that can be a blessing to help them when they face those times of trials. And as always, I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.